Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Good to Game Radio. I'm your host Tony speaking, and as always, Vance is in the house. In the house, Clint is in the house, and tonight we have a very special guest from Clout Gaming, Jack Porter. Welcome to Good to Game Radio, Jack. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah. So tonight our topic discussion is uh, uh, is Jack and Clout Fantasy uh, Fantasy. Uh, Daily fantasy sports, right? Yeah, Cloud Fantasy is basically a daily fantasy esports platform. Um, currently for CS:GO, League of Legends, and Valorant as well. Awesome. How does that? How does it work at uh, this? Uh, the daily fantasy is it like um, DraftKings or uh, some of the other like? I'm I'm familiar with like a uh, football fantasy, the apps uh, that are out there. Yeah. Is that similar to that? So, so fantasy football is one where you go and you basically set different lineups and you can be in different pools. That's, that's one way to, I've, I've gotten some questions about fantasy. That's, so we're aside from, we're different from that, but how DraftKings and FanDuel, how they set up their daily fantasy platform is another form of lineup basis. And like, you want to pick your top five players. If they perform the best, you're most likely going to win that prize. But we even took a, a different step, a different approach from that, which is basically answering eight questions, whether it be in a CSGO contest, a League of Legends contest, or a Valorant contest. And the most questions you get right, the higher, the the better probability or the higher you will place in a leaderboard. So we've got three different contest types, but we all do question-based. We take the existing lines out of it. We take all the other research tools, um, try and make it as easy as possible. Yeah. Are you matched with like, against another uh, another player like in 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 fantasy football like uh you're going mm-hmm. to be matched up against an, uh, another person is that how it works so it's it's more prize pool based so it's you against the rest of the uh the rest of people that join so if you join like a five dollar contest and you make your entry there could be 25 there could be 100 more people that enter but if your questions, if you answer all the questions right, and we've got some numerical questions that make it a little bit harder, um, you'll be one against whoever else joins the contest. So it's not really 1v1. We do have some contests that you can do 1v1 if, if it gets requested, but it's mostly a one versus the pool of people. What, what type, you said uh, questions, like what, can you give us an example of what some of the questions might be? Yeah. So if it's, let's take CSGO, for example, Blast Premier was last week, um, like Natus Vincere won. When Natus Vincere played Vitality, like when Navi played Vitality, it was basically, first question would be, who's going to win, Navi versus Vitality? Second question would be, since it's five person, five people on each roster, which person will have a higher KDR? So you pick between each five. Third question would be, how many or who's going to have the most amount of headshots. So you pick one out of the four people that are there. And then the last one could be how many kills is simple going to have from Navi. And, and when it's on that, uh, you would basically choose the numerical part, whether it be 12, 15, 30. So you choose that number. And that's usually the differentiator between getting a lot of points or not getting a lot of points. So it sounds like four questions, but it's also eight because you would choose this, the question number two relies in a, a couple more questions that so you have to get involved there. What, how many, uh, how many people typically are playing? So if I sign up on, mm-hmm. on the, you have an app, right? Yeah. Currently app. And then we've got a web-based version that's launched in about a month. 
Yeah. So how many how many people uh, would be playing typically? Yeah, typically depending on the event, um, it would be kind of a it would be anywhere from like ten to fifteen. But then that's usually on like a daily basis. We call those like our daily active users, those people that keep playing against each other all the time. But if it's like an event like Dallas, uh, you could have a hundred. You could be placing a, a wager of five dollars with an opportunity to win a couple hundred or a couple thousand that would be like hundreds of people in there um just really depends on the activity the tournament and what is at stake like if it's cash if it's an equipment prize like last time someone won a monthly prize that was a razor laptop another person won um an rtx 3080 and another person won a secret lab chair so it could be it could be small but if it's not really a lot of high high uh, value tournaments and it could be large if it's high stakes tournaments something that's exciting and a big equipment there how did you guys get a 3080 that's what i want to know <laughs> we we actually had one person basically our, our discord community manager who's got a crazy good setup um he's been researching all that stuff and he actually like secured one um i think through amazon actually what we do on our monthly prizes is we basically give the the winner whoever accumulates the most points at the end of the month, which means every every time you join a daily contest, you can win or you can lose. But either way, you're accumulating points. You it could the lowest you could get is zero, the most you get is eighty, and all those points go towards our weekly contest. So now the weekly contest is if you make it in the top ten, you'll get promo money, as in free money to play around with on the app. And then those points also accumulate towards your monthly prize. If you come in first place in the monthly prize, you get to choose between a couple different options. But the 3080 was one of them, and our Discord community manager uh, secured it. So he's been on top of everything month to month. Yeah, that's crazy. Those things are in uh, high demand lately. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the equipment is, so we kind of just pre-place orders. But yeah, people get excited about all the different PC stuff gaming headwear, peripherals, all that. So with your like CSGO questions, is there something, is it ever more in depth? Like, oh, you know, which team is going to plant the bomb or defuse the bomb? Or is it bring any of like the other gameplay mechanics into it? Or is it more like player based? So the, the questions like two through three are more player based. And it could be assist, KDR, uh, headshots, deaths, things like that. But the question, like the fourth question is can change. It's not always the same, but it can change to something like that. So some sort of prop or some sort of question is that use that last one. So yeah, it can, it can change. It's not always connected to the, uh, to a player that gets randomized through our algorithm. It can be some sort of prop that's, um, that is through the actual gameplay, whether it's on map one, two or three. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool actually. Earlier in pre-show, you were talking about um, one of the primary games that are available that, mm -hmm. that you can uh, wager on. Yeah, so we have CSGO, we have League of Legends, and we have Valorant. Um, reasoning behind that, when we started this company, it's we've like had a live product for about six months. And why we've started that was basically CSGO and League, probably the two highest viewed uh, titles in terms of esports. Another reason why we did that is because our first uh, data pro data partner sport radar that was their offerings like if, even if we asked like hey can we get fortnite on there for the fortnite world cup or can we get 
Call of Duty on there for the CDL, our data partner needs to make a partnership with whoever the uh, creator of that game is. So Sport Raider had an, a relationship with Riot and they didn't have a relationship with Activision Blizzard. So we went with League of Legends. But recently we just uh, did a partnership with a company called Grid and um, their, their whole sort of background is to make all these partnerships in gaming so they can give this API away for titles. So what they did is uh, I think basically made the relationship with Riot even better. So they were able to give us Valorant and they're actually like uh, under the table working to give us some more titles on there. So right now we've got three. Well, Valorant is launching really, or, or is actually about to be fully done. Um, and then we got three titles and then we'll probably have six by the end of the year. So like Fortnite, it would be a possibility because those tournaments have like crazy prize pools for those players. I'm sure that brings a lot of interest to those events. Yeah, I think Fortnite with the World with the World Cup, especially it being back in person, um, is something that we always are in discussion with. So they would need to go make the partnership with Epic Games. They make that partnership. They give them the live coverage. All we'd have to do is go take that API, take that live data set put it into our application and then make the questions behind it. So it would be like a question, an example question of the Fortnite World Cup would be like, um, who, like if you're taking one of the streamers that's playing there, like how, how many, will they make the top 10 or like how many kills will they get? It's something like that where you can question set it so that someone will have to guess either a yes or no or a number based question. But yeah, we're looking into something like Fortnite Halo League's very exciting. Um, FIFA actually gets some attraction. Dota 2, PUBG, Apex Legends, um, things along those lines, like all those titles. I'm assuming you're one of the founders? Yeah, myself and uh, my brother. Okay, what's your brother's name? That's Stu Porter. Stu Porter? Yeah. Stole my question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You gotta be Quaker, man. Um, so how, how did you guys come up with this idea you know, one of those famous, you know, we're sitting at the dinner table and we're going to write it on a napkin stories yeah. or something along those lines. Uh, we used to work for a company called, um, well, we've been following esports for a while now. It doesn't matter what title it was, but we were watching and playing. Um, mostly, my brother and I were mostly console gamers, but like we call ourselves console gamers because we were bad PC gamers. Like we would still play, but we get we get our ass kicked. So. Um, but basically we had a company called play one up that we worked with. Um, play one up is basically one V one wagering. If I wanted to play someone in FIFA, Madden, NBA, 2K, MLB, usually the core four sports games, um, for, for let's call it five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. I would go online. It's a matchmaking app where you'd basically find someone to play against. I would pick, if we're talking about the NFL, I would pick. It's called the Patriots. I'm from Boston originally, so I'm a Pats fan. Someone would pick the Chiefs. You'd play, and then whoever won that game would basically get the total of that prize uh, together. So if it was ten bucks, ten bucks, they would get twenty bucks. There was also a fee behind it. That's how that company made revenue. So we worked for that company. We brought up the idea of a DFS portion as well, um, which we ended up just doing clout alone but we had that entity and we ended up selling our entity that equity and that partnership and play went up to a company called engine media um it's game listed on the nasdaq so when we 
set aside or work for play one up. And then we set aside to go do this new venture, this new idea. We basically had the mindset of let's go try and bring in those two communities. One being that DFS community that wager on anything. Why we thought about that is because during COVID, when this idea started, there wasn't really much to wager on. Um, the NFL was down. The NBA was down. Uh, esports was still going on. They would compete, but not uh, in person. So all these people we saw were wagering on esports. Hey, do you know who FaZe Clan is? Yes, I, I know FaZe Clan. But they're like, oh, well, should I place a wager on them? I'm like, they're a very popular name, but they're not necessarily the best team. I mean, in CSGO, they're pretty incredible right now. But a lot of people just didn't have a lot of education there. So that's that DFS community that we wanted to bring into esports and be more knowledgeable about. Then we saw the esports community where they really don't have a lot of places, at least in North America, to go either place a wager or something small, something that won't break their bank, but it'll be very easy to understand. So we wanted to integrate those two communities together um, just through our research in DFS, our research in wagering, our research in esports. Um, it was all about integrating those two communities together in order to place a platform where a community can come together and compete. Because esports is all about competition. Like, if you listen to Nade Shot, he's like, "Why do I? Why from Hundred Thieves? He's like, why do I like esports? He's like, it's all about competition. People want to compete, no matter if you're throwing a baseball or picking up a controller. It doesn't matter. Obviously, I mean, what's your vision as far as like five years? How, 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 what do you think in five years? What are you guys looking like? Yeah, I think in five years, uh, probably have every title that anyone wants to compete in. That's number one. Um, number two, we're an NA-based company. We want to be in Europe. We want to be in China. We want to be in Brazil. If you look at how hardcore those fan bases are, I mean, when I was in Dallas for DreamHack, Furious fan base, no matter if they were winning or losing, they were screaming their heads off. So we want to be in Brazil. We want to be in Europe. We want to be in China. Um, aside from expanding into different countries, uh, we also just want to partner with the best organizations, the best esports companies, best esports equipment companies in the world. I think when you create those strategic partnerships, it leads to a lot of good avenues. Um, so that's kind of what we're road mapping right now. And then aside from that, um, usually a DFS company builds into a sportsbook company, meaning you set betting lines and things like that. But that's in our roadmap as well. It's just a little bit harder, harder to do legally right now. Yeah. Speaking of uh legal, like, right. We're two of us are based in Tennessee mm -hmm. and um, I tried to, to, to download your app and um, they gave us this, the, the, the message that, you know, I'm not allowed to use the app here in Tennessee. Yeah. What, what percentage in North America, um, how many States can you get your yep. app on? We're in 27 States right now. Um, I think, yeah, Tennessee blocks, DFS, so I, I apologize for that, but I think they actually, there's one thing, um, it's essentially two things, actually. You need to either just go through all the legal paperwork, and we've done that with 27 states so far, and then it's also some just want, you need to pay a, a large fee. So it's, it's first starts with, and why, like, it first starts with researching, do those states have the audience that we're looking for? And we pulled that data from some other partners. Um, what's the cost and then what's kind of the legwork, the paperwork there. Um, so that's on top of expanding in every country, being in every state that's legal for DFS is another one of our goals.
Okay, cool. Do you know, like, is there a lot of states that DFS isn't legal right now? There's a, yeah, there's a good amount. Um, but it's everyone's being easier to it. As you see, like, in the news, like, there's some states that are being, that are starting to become more accessible for uh, sports gambling. Um, like, I'm in Illinois, for example. Um, in Illinois, it just became legal, I, I think, about seven to eight months ago. Actually, no, uh, more than that, over a year ago. As more states become accustomed to at least sports gambling, um, they'll be accustomed to DFS. And DFS falls under basically this stage of skilled wagering. And skilled wagering means I'm using my skills, my research to place a wager. Um, and if you do a to, – to fall under DFS, too, if you have more than one question, as in setting a lineup, you have to set five different things answering eight questions, progressive prediction, our app, that falls under DFS. If we were just who's going to win and that was the only question, we would be, that would be uh, under the sports book umbrella. Okay, that's actually super interesting. <laughs> yeah. So and why we did that uh, first is because we want to build the community. We want to have more outreach. When we're able to expand, that's when we'll go the sports book route. Speaking of community, so what the... Uh... If we wanted to get into the community, you know, I'm assuming you have a Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other avenues to that would direct us into uh, the the cloud fantasy community? And yeah, we- aside from our app, uh, we have everything across social: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. But our Discord is where kind of those people that are not either uh, in the legal state they go and they join, but it's also the people that are. Um, if, they, if they're in other countries or if they want to join in or want to learn more, it's on our Discord. Um, and we hold other competitions there. Like we have trivia night where people come and answer different questions. We have a clip competition where you post your be- your favorite highlight. The community in that Discord will vote on it. And that prize, we've had prizes of different gift cards or promo money, um, things like that. Or we've given away Discord Nitro for free for to people. And then like, what's really fun is when we have different influencers like uh, Jordan Gilbert, nothing, who's a XCSGO um, player for cloud nine. He'll come in and do, he'll pop in and bring his Twitch community in for a live Q and A. So those who don't get to ask questions in the chat, or at least their questions get breezed by, um, he'll answer those personally. So we're looking to expand there. And um, to go back to your question, it's discord is where like our, our, the heart of our community is. So even if you don't, if you, even if you don't have access to the app, uh, like we do, um, the Discord, you can still participate as far as you know in community events like you were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. If you're basically if you're not uh, of age yet, if you're not in the uh, the legal state, if you want to learn more, Discord's where it's at. And Discord is, I mean. We all love it, but for Cloud, it's very important because we're able to relay a lot of information to our community. Did you see uh, the Xbox uh, showcase last week and the, their annou- announcement? I didn't get it. Oh, is it the uh, that Riot was, they put the league and is that what you're talking about? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Super exciting. I so mean. When, so when you see like uh, something like that where you're, there's a possibility of just bringing in, you know. I think their subscriber base is like 20 million mm-hmm. um, that many people being exposed to some of the games that you, that you guys are, 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 are focusing on. 
like League of Legends and Valorant, you know, those are two of the games that are being that lineup for Game Pass. How exciting is that for you guys to see that, you know, you're going to have uh, that many more people getting exposure to the games that, you know, that are in your app? Yeah, I think the, it stays in line with what we, why we built this company is to get more eyeballs on it. And I think people, I think having on Game Pass is like the epicenter of just bringing in more eyeballs. I mean, Riot already has a gigantic community, whether it's watching or playing. And to have this on there is going to be exponential for them. So at least for our business, it aligns with why do we want to why do we want to bring in DFS people into esports? It's because we want people to learn about esports. It's not just it's not it's more than just people competing uh, in video games. It's a whole community. Um, but exactly like you said, it's it's aligned with our vision. It's it does what we want. Um, but at least for league and people that don't know about league. It's an easy way to get in there, so super excited. Yeah, I, I'm 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 excited to you know be able to uh, uh, play some of those uh, games on uh, on Ultimate Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can answer some of those questions you were talking about. Yeah, because <laughs> right now I have no clue as far as like what uh, what kind of a, a you know what I'm looking at as far as you know League of Legends. I played like once ten years, yeah. five years ago, but. But in the league, I think leagues leagues difficult to understand. I could be very straightforward about that, but I think adding it to Game Pass will make it easier, more accessible. And then Valorant, like people that play Call of Duty, they mess around with Valorant. Um, but this will be even more now. Like Valorant is, they've done I think an excellent job there. And then if they're more exposed to it, then they'll be even more exposed to. The tournament so like masters valorant masters is coming up july uh i believe july 10th so having more eyeballs towards the actual competition not just playing the games is going to make the community even better so um when you all are collecting like data and stuff like for um you know like the games you want to bring to the app like what is something that that you look for as far as like um or data pool to say, yeah, this this group of people like, you know, from Call of Duty or Halo is mm-hmm. willing to, you know, pretty much be a part of um esports bet. Yeah. I think I think it's a couple of things. I think how high is the viewership? So what's the audience look like? Where is the audience? Uh where's the where's the main portion of them? But in terms of wagering, is we just go look at where like if I were to look up wagering on Valorant or betting on Valorant. I'll see if it's like an actual thing. If it's an actual thing, it's probably easier for us to be integrated into that community. Um, if it's not, then it's a little bit tougher of a push on marketing because um, you have to educate the community. I think I think wagering on esports is very early stage. If it was a baseball game, I would say it's the it's either the bottom of the first or top of the second. Like it's been talked about, but it's not really. Uh, it's not really as situated as betting on football is. You see it everywhere. Every commercial, you see it. Um, everywhere you walk, you see it. But for esports, it's very new. So um, to go back to your question, it's just research on does it exist already? Where's the audience? How big's the audience? Um, and what's that average audience uh, age, too? I think that's something because we're 18 plus in every state besides three that we're legal in. And I think if the if the age range like Fortnite, for example, 
there's mostly it's mostly a younger crowd that plays Fortnite. CSGO, more of an older crowd as in where we're at. That's probably a really good point about Fortnite having a younger audience. Like, even if it's the biggest thing in the world, and if none of them are old enough to gamble, I mean, that hurts to make wagers. That doesn't really help yeah. much, does it? No, and you don't see aside from the Fortnite World Cup. Like, I I check every day to see what's around, but besides for the Fortnite World Cup, there's not really much to wager on. No matter if it's in a company that's an offshore company in uh, Europe or if it's a company here. Um, usually the ones that you see wagered on in the U.S. at least are CSGO, League, um, Valorant, Dota 2, and that's probably about – and then PUBG as well. Is there much – did you mention Call of Duty in that list? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't – Call of Duty is just starting to be picked up too. Okay. It's So, uh, yeah, no, you're 100% right. Since the CDL is very North American-based focus, you do see some. It just it just depends. I think from reports I've gotten over the past two years, I think the m- most wagered on is uh, CS:GO and League. Okay, so you're starting there. I only ask about Call of Duty is because we're all Call of Duty players or former Call of Duty players, depending on how we feel about Call of Duty that day. Yeah. Do you guys watch the CDL or more play? So I'd say overall we definitely more play, but I have watched some of the CDL. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of those guys that were crossed over into Warzone, you know, like Scump is is, is yeah, yeah. a pretty good name for himself on Warzone, almost separately than he did in the CDL, you know, right. because it's it's a very different, seems to be a very different audience. Uh, maybe that's just because of how much Warzone grew the audience for Call of Duty. Yeah. I think I see everywhere on social people's perspectives changing on Call of Duty, depending on what title they're talking, what, what title they're talking about, but the CDL's got, I think, an interesting opportunity with, because the fans are, I mean, at least people that play, If you when you play Call of Duty, you're passionate no matter what, whether you're competing online or even if yeah. you're in campaign, <laughs> if you're in a campaign. So if you see, like, if you watch some of these events, people go nuts. I think no matter what, even for, if it's aside from Call of Duty, but Call of Duty specifically, the people go nuts. The teams go crazy. They're screaming at each other. They're chirping each other. Um, and I think that's great for, for the Call of Duty League. But um, when we integrate that into our app, it'll be very interesting to see because we'll see some people be pretty excited there. A little bit of a question mark, I'm sure, right? Yeah. A new, a new area. I played I, – I'm pretty sure I played Counter-Strike in the 90s the first time, mm-hmm. like in the late 90s, and I, I don't really play. I actually bought it on Steam nine years ago i think yeah yeah. (laughs) and i played it like three times i didn't realize the lobbies were all like open mics between teams that i joined yeah i'm like guys i'm going to be and the guy's like okay (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) the other team i was like oh oops yeah exactly uh, it's it's very interesting watching some of those guys play because they're so talented so talented and they're really i mean super cool too the people we've worked with have been have been great and they're super passionate but they're also very open to playing everything else like nothing for example he was probably like on top of the world best player in csgo or at least top three and now he streams and plays valorant and i think he like sometimes messes around with call of duty but i mean they're always open which is really cool yeah i i think a lot of that csgo seems to be moving towards valorant a lot of that talent Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not a lot, but I can think of a couple of examples and I'm not like super into, uh, you know, those those sports in particular are those. Games. Yeah, it's interesting. It's either 
the streamers are going to go down that route or the teams are going to go down a different route. Like if you look at evil geniuses, for example, they, they haven't been so hot in CSGO, but they just bought um, Carpe Diem and party astronauts to go from a five person roster to They call it a 15 person roster. And they're trying to be like the Kings of CSGO, which could pay off exponentially or, or, I mean, who knows, but it's a super, super interesting to see where the U S and NA is going to go with CSGO. Um, Europe's obviously like probably the biggest, um, but yeah, it's, uh, you don't know if the, if, if CSGO is going to make it, everyone, every festival conference I go to, people are like, is CSGO going to make a comeback in the U S or is it going to be balance going to take over? And I think it's a big question mark right now. Who has the biggest like esports? following is that like south korea china yeah i think it probably depends on the title but probably esports following i think it's south korea i think if you there is a documentary i watched on i think i forget what it was on but south korea like was those first land centers ever like i mean you could say the first land center ever was a arcade which is like so funny because i think all arcades are going to be flipped into land centers now but Aside from arcades, the like before anything, South Korea had the first real land centers where you could go have a beer, play video games, and just hang out there. Just like you're going to the library, going to go play pickup basketball. Um, and then they were the first people to have arenas too. Now you go to um, Dallas and there's the uh, gaming arena there. You go to Vegas, there's a gaming arena there. Philadelphia, I think, just built one recently that's gaming only. And that's what South Korea was. I think they had anywhere between 10 to 20,000 fans in their first one. Um, only gaming, only esports, And so I think you're right. I think probably the biggest is, is South Korea. And then after that, probably some countries in Europe too. I think U S is just slowly getting behind there. Are there, are there other companies that are in your, um, doing the same thing as you guys are that you, uh, that you run into out there? Is anybody else yeah. doing what you're doing? In the US? Yeah. Yeah, there's companies that do DFS and cover esports, but they do but most like if you go to their website, it'll be MLB, NBA, uh, NHL, uh, okay. NFL. But then there'll be like another category it'll say like other and then it'll be esports. So you can wager on there and esports is just not really their bread and butter. And what we're trying to accomplish is be that forefront of daily fantasy esports. Um the easiest, like just make it an ease of use platform, easy to get on, takes 30 seconds to join a contest. Um, you don't really need to understand wagering that whole area, but if you understand the questions, you can join pretty quickly. Cool. Yeah. And you guys usually make a, a like you were present at the DreamHack Dallas. Are you, gonna, are you guys going to be present at DreamHack Atlanta? Yeah, we'll be in Atlanta, and then um, a couple other conferences will be in, uh, I think, in Kansas City, and I think one other one. But um, luckily enough for me, the League of Legends, or LCS finals is in Illinois, so I'll be there in September. It just got announced at the United Center, so people get to play where Michael Jordan won six championships. It's pretty insane. Um, <laughs> but so that'll be really cool, and then, yeah, I think Atlanta's in November, right? So we'll be there. We'll have a good presence there. Awesome. Yeah, I believe it's uh, November 18th. I think they just put out the day. Yeah. Um, 
so how many like conventions like have y'all been to and then it kind of ties into like my marketing question since like you all are you know kind of like fairly new in the uh betting mm-hmm. course is fairly new like does that make marketing tough yeah so i think this is well this was our first one we were a company that was grew out of covid um but this was our first event before that we went to one conference but i wouldn't really count that i think there's no real it's just handshakes and things like that and networking but this is our first event super eye-opening makes us want to do more makes us hungrier makes us want to develop all the stuff with different booths um develop new content add new creators so exactly like you said i think our next game plan is to double down on events and push forward with that there's a lot that are upcoming so i think it's we just need to be strategic about how many we go to which ones we go to um, is it in a legal state, so on and so forth. But something like Atlanta is a no-brainer. Um, we loved everything that happened in, in, in DreamHack, so Atlanta is a no-brainer. It's just now how do we find other other festivals like that um, that we can do and have a presence at, and that's just got to we, – we've been having that conversation all day today, so super excited about that. Yeah, because um, definitely because, like, uh, this is – because DreamHack was, was on our, our second uh our second convention we did a yeah East, you know first and uh but just like you said you know it's just getting out seeing things and seeing how yeah. you know you can better yourself stuff like that because I mean like um I mean I definitely was you know intrigued because I was I was waiting in line you know for like to get the uh, some Nesquik shirt and I was like oh Cloud Fantasy you know like what's this and then uh, other people that I actually ran into from PAX and you know, I seen them over there you know uh taking pictures yeah. with the belt you know that's when you know I ran into you but uh. I mean, uh, I definitely know, like, you all as a setup, like, you all's energy, um, you know, uh, uh, definitely, you know, like, you know, uh, keep up the good work. And, um, you know, once once everything does get, you know, set in Tennessee, uh, definitely be on there. But um, as far as marketing and stuff, uh, I guess I'll say it off air to you. But, uh, yeah, but but uh, I, I definitely see a large, like, sky's the limit for you all. You know, like, I mean, like I said, it's real early. And I mean, uh, there's like a lot of betting. Like, I mean, just going to Vegas and seeing everything that you can kind of like wager on in esports. Like I said, still fairly new in esports. Really, you know, like just talking to different people. Like um, earlier when you were talking about the 1v1, I definitely think that's also a market that's coming back. You know, mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of streamers now they're they're doing the whole side betting and stuff like that. Uh, you know, one guy, um, you know, he stands up in front of the green screen, whatever plays Madden, and uh, you know, I see like you know, I I kind of check the comments and stuff, and everybody's making side bets. Now I see other people going along with that, right? So the one v one market is definitely there for you all. You know, the you know the conquer. Yeah. So we'll yeah we'll see on that. It's all it's as you guys know, it's all growing. It's all super exciting. Yeah, PAX East, we had some people walking around there, but we didn't have, like, a, a boots on the ground. But, I mean, you're exactly right. Like, it's – when you go back and you put faces to names, like, I I met one person we hired that I've never met before. And then I met – I've had probably had probably close to 100 Zoom calls with all these people. And then I finally got to meet them. And fortunate enough that they were all in Dallas at the same time. So, it's good to see that having that physical interaction in a world that's very digital for esports is important, at least. And I think it's – makes the uh makes our consumers realize that we're authentic like we would rather they, we could be behind the wall the whole time and i don't think they would trust us and if now we're there explaining who we are and showing them how easy it is to get on um makes us definitely it makes our presence known um before i think we didn't have as as we were trying different stuff in marketing and 
boots on the ground is definitely, I think, number one when it comes to letting people know who you are. When I was uh, trying to get on your uh, app earlier, I noticed that there was a bunch of disclaimers on there about mm-hmm. gambling and stuff. Obviously, probably the difficulty of getting into a lot of these states is the concern about the gambling aspect, uh, about uh, uh, people that just can't control themselves with the with the bets. So, uh, is, are there any other uh, uh, methods or, or ideas to like to kind of like? Uh, approach that concern uh that you guys are looking at or is it pretty much just the disclaimers and uh is there like a a way of like knowing somebody's just kind of gone off crazy with bets and stuff yeah there's one there's a disclaimer like if you look at any sort of no matter if you're in daily fantasy or if you're in wagering you have to you not only like do you have to have the disclaimer but it's good practice either way um the other thing is we have a really strong analytics team when it comes to our user admin. So we can look in and we can check kind of anything there. I think that's if there's anything that's going off the rails or not or somewhere around there, we can keep constant communication with our with our community very, very easily. So I, I think that's number two. I think number three is we have its low, low wagering. I mean, to anyone spending a dollar is spending a dollar, like especially – we're in a tough market right now, but spending a dollar is spending a dollar, no matter if it's for food, for water, for or it's DFS stuff. So we take that into account. So right now our max is $15. We it's But it's that whole low risk, high reward because it's a prize pool. So we don't really want to go through that where, where we're doing these large, large wagers, unless if someone requests it, and then we'll kind of go through the due diligence of that. Um, so we keep it at low, low cost. And then the other is uh, basically our customer support team is something we really pride ourselves on. Um, 24-7 customer support. We've, uh, I think we're a 10-employee company. I think six to seven are all on customer support. Um, and then the rest is like Dev and then myself, um, like our development team and myself. But basically, if customer support isn't live 24-7, then you can run into one of those problems that you're talking about. Um, but we basically make sure communication is key and um, our user experience is key. So whatever we can do to help people there. And then aside from DFS, like I told you before, our Discord community has other options there. Like we're not trying to be just DFS. We're trying to build a whole whole different realm there. Like the example someone brought up today was if we're like a theme park, you can go on multiple rides. And we'd rather not just have one ride that people come keep coming back to. We'd rather have multiple experiences. I'm pretty intrigued by your guys' uh, uh, product. And uh, I wish that I could get on it here in Tennessee. Hopefully that will happen soon. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing all that, that, that great information about your, uh, you guys' uh, company and your, uh, your app, your plans, and, and everything with that. Um, I've really uh, enjoyed talking with you and uh, finding out all that information and I uh, look forward to seeing you guys grow and, uh, and, and, uh, and check out, check out your community on discord and see, uh, see what that's all about on the app or uh, in the future. Will you able to set up like um private, let's say bet lobbies like amongst friends. And if so, is there going to be like, um like a number, like a party size cap on that? Like you said, just to keep the, 
you know, you ain't you don't have people over here bet like a hundred thousand each or nothing like that. But you know, is it going to be a private lobbies and what's the size of those lobbies? If so, yeah, we're building those out right now, and right now it's all by request through our email, like through marketing our marketing email or through support email. We've seen it happen, but private lobbies we're building out right now, and I think usually people like to keep it between four and six, just because they want they don't want a lot of people coming in and trying to do the action and they want to bring in people that they know to play. It would be the same as someone renting out a poker table in Vegas and they don't want anyone else in. So four and six is kind of around there. And then it's usually requested through email, but uh, we're building out that whole chat bot functionality right now. Okay. Okay. If I were to, uh, this is like, I do the, I don't know, weird questions, I think. Um, so if I am in a state that allows your app and I log in and then I cross a border to another state, does it lock me out? That's the, that's the DFS rules and regulations basically. Yeah. So if you're in Massachusetts, you're 21 plus cause it's 21 there. Um, you place a wager, you join, you win, but let's say you travel to, uh, let's call it, well, Tennessee right now, since we're on Tennessee, let's say you travel to Tennessee and you're trying to pull that money out. Unfortunately, it's the same as sports books too. Unfortunately, you can't pull the money out there until you're back in a legal state. So if you go from Tennessee to South Carolina, where we're a legal state, you can start playing and withdraw deposit all right there. That's pretty cool. And that's an interesting functionality that I'm sure is mandatory or, you know, an obligation under law, but yeah, uh, an interesting problem that would, that had to be solved, I guess. Yeah. Geofencing is really important for us. Um, or geo, like having that geolocation, because if not, we'll get tracked down and be, we'll at least get notified of what's going on. Like we can't, we'd rather be within the legal, especially dealing with things in like ACH and things like that, like dealing with people's money. We'd rather be completely full in the legal realm. We did all the legal work before we even the product was done. So we'd rather be, have all our bases covered. No, that's right, good. That's right. smart. Keep people out of trouble too, I'm sure. Absolutely. Jack, do you have any uh, anything else you'd like to put out there with our audience or anything? Uh, yeah. For I mean, first, Vance, I'm glad I met you in in Dallas. I like a lot of crazy connections there, and um, he told me all about you guys. So I messaged him right right after uh, I got back and had not a lot of sleep, but I'm glad I, I we followed up on that, and he gave me his card. So. Thanks again for having me on. And then, yeah, uh, come follow us, Clout Fantasy, um, either on our Discord or on our app. A lot of different exciting things coming, more titles to come. Um, You can come pick, you can come watch, you can come win. Very easy, 30 seconds to do it. So, But thank you guys again for having me on. Oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for reaching out to us. Uh, Really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you uh, uh, soon in the future and see how you guys are go, uh, doing, you know, uh, down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Thanks again, definitely, guys. Definitely going to try to get to Dreamhack Atlanta. So hopefully run into you again. For sure. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah, get, we'll, it won't just be at the conference. We'll go get dinner or something, too. Oh, yeah. Be right, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the fun part, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Part, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. All right, folks, thanks again for joining us here on Good Game Radio. Remember to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app and follow us on Facebook or Instagram and follow Cloud Gaming uh, for uh, your future 
uh, esports uh, wagering. Cloud All right. Fantasy. Cloud and fantasy. 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 <laughs> esports well, thanks, fantasy. Thanks. Mm-hmm.